0: This is episode number three, Your Past Does Not Define Your Future, with Kira Omens. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I want you to stop what you're doing and ask yourself, what is my purpose in life? Why am I doing the work I do? These are the same exact questions Kira used to ask herself. In fact, it is due to those questions she was able to win Pacific Miss Asian American present at numerous conferences and panels, including Congress, Entertainment Industries Council, and Korean U.S. Science Center. If those don't impress you enough, how about her third-degree black belt in Taekwondo? Without further ado, please welcome Kira Almonds. Hey, Kira, how are you?
1: Hi. I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty
0: good, pretty good. I just saw your... Um, a couple days ago actually i saw your video um it was regarding the pacific miss pacific asian american is that correct
1: yes it is yes
0: man that was inspiring
1: thank you i appreciate that
0: what uh what made you get into that
1: i into the pageant Mm-hmm. i was actually recruited i was dancing i do chinese traditional dance and so i was performing one day and the public relations manager for that pageant happened to be there. So he asked me if I wanted to do it. And so I figured, why not? I really liked the community aspect of it, as well as the scholarship and the leadership opportunities. And I figured it could jumpstart my career. And so I did it. And it's worked out really wonderfully for me.
0: Wow. Is that something that you're going to do every year? Or was that kind of uh, once in, you know, however many years opportunity and then um, like, do you enter that contest, have you entered that con- contest every year since, or?
1: Oh, no, I just did it that one year. I actually, because I won that pageant, I was technically supposed to go on to compete in Miss Asia World, mm-hmm. because Asian American was the national pageant, but I am actually too short to compete in Miss Asia World, so <laughs> I did not do that, which is okay, because... I enjoyed that one pageant experience, but I don't think I would want to do pageantry forever.
0: <laughs> oh wow! What is um, I'm curious. You know, what are the typical requirements for it? You know, I know for the some of my friends who are modeling, um, you know, you need to have a certain body build, body tone, height, weight. Mm-hmm. Is that very similar in this field?
1: In the in pageantry. Yes. Yes, it is. I mean for the Pacific Miss Asian American pageant, the emphasis is more so on having a healthy body. And I honestly think that's how all pageants should be mm-hmm. because healthy looks very different on very different people. And for some people being thin is healthy, but it, not everyone is going to be healthy being that thin. So there is a, because it is a beauty pageant, there are certain standards that you should have and, um but a lot of times it's more so about confidence and how smart you are. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there, there are arguably some physical requirements, but... Um, how,
0: how much <laughs> How much prep work do you have to do for something like that?
1: It's honestly like how much you put into it is how much you get out of it. So I put a lot of time and energy into training for it. I think that you should be training for it very, very hard if you're wanting
0: to win and go very far in the competition. That's awesome. Wow. So, yeah, well, first of all, thanks a lot for taking the call today. And um, uh, basically, one of the things that I wanted to describe to you was the uh, vision moving forward. So um, obviously, I I started overcoming odds from my personal experience of being adopted from Russia and going through the, I guess you could say, challenges along the way. And then just recently, about beginning of May, I decided to take the next step forward and start to create a community uh, for adoptees through their experiences. So in a way, it's a little bit um, backwards. It's a reverse route from what you know most of the other businesses are doing. Um, when you have a problem, you come up with a quick solution, then you kind of build off of it. Um, for me, it just didn't make sense to go that route. So that's when I just started to focus on people's stories and allow them to understand that, you know, they're never alone throughout the process. And then also educate current and future adoptive parents through yes. those stories. Um, and I was watching some of your videos I noticed that that was a, you know, common trend between the two of us. So, um, So that's when I figured I was like, okay, it makes the perfect sense to reach out to someone like you who's passionate about this and um, you know just hear what you have to say on it
1: well I really appreciate it I read your story and I really admire everything that you've done for the adoptee community
0: Mm -hmm. thank you thank you so the purpose of the podcast actually um, our goal is to really develop a sense of trust and increase self-confidence so Mm -hmm. what would what we've been planning um, so far is a series of episodes where we interview people who have been adopted and who have made it to a certain level of their own personal success. So some of the names that we're shooting for um, includes people like Les Brown, Jamie Foxx, um, mm-hmm. all all these people who you know who went through the struggles and understand and then essentially use those episodes as a way to encourage and inspire others. Do not only share their story but take action in their own life.
1: Yes, definitely
0: so um, so yeah, just to uh be respectful of your time, I figured that we could jump right into it and um, so today's episode, um, the subject is your past does not define your future, and I figured you would be the perfect person to speak on that based on the story that you shared. On our website um, for those who may not be familiar with this story tell us a little bit about where you were born and your upbringing your childhood
1: yes I was adopted from southern China when I was about 10 months old so I was still very very young and had just started to sort of learn the sounds and how to speak so I didn't have too much of a language barrier when I was adopted I live in Washington DC and my parents are Caucasian and I have a younger brother who was adopted from Korea and a younger sister Who is my parents biological child? I'm very very fortunate to have had a really wonderful family I was raised in a very loving accepting household that was very open about discussing adoption
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we we did go to a very upscale private catholic school that was not very diverse so being a minority um in the majority of my childhood at school was not easy and there were a lot of challenges that came along with that a lot of bullying a lot of racism for both me and my brother so that kind of very very quickly exposed us to a lot of the Uh, the cruelties of the world at a younger age. Um, I I believe that my parents have been great and I love my family very, very much. Um, But I think that experiencing that as a child has really opened my eyes and made me more more motivated to be involved in the adoptee community now that I'm older and more well-adjusted.
0: That makes sense now you mentioned adversity how are you able to overcome some of those um, early challenges during school you know the times you were bullied or made fun of what, what did you end up doing and what would you recommend to anyone else who may be experiencing something like that
1: it's very hard it's very very difficult especially when you're young you don't really understand that people are making fun of you for being different because we shouldn't be viewing differences as a bad thing. We should be learning and growing from each other's differences because you only learn when you're presented with something new. And as a young child, like I didn't fully grasp that, that they were making fun of me because I didn't look like them because I had different hair or eyes or skin. And so I was really distraught when I was younger, just trying to understand racism as a Mm -hmm. concept of uh, even when you're older, it's still kind of mind boggling. Um, (laughs) I, I obviously went to my parents. Um, They tried to reinforce that idea that your differences are what make you special and what make you unique and what make you stand out in a crowd. And I don't think that when I, my brother and I were younger, we, we had like an amazing, like enlightening kind of strength. It was, it was very hard for many years. And I think that only recently I have come to terms with a lot of the things that have happened and would encourage people who are going through that to remember that what makes you different is what makes you unique. And Mm. that is the greatest asset you can have in any career that you're going into, in your personal relationships, in life in general, it's just going to make your life a lot richer to be surrounded and to be someone who is not like everyone else.
0: Wow, I completely agree with you. Now, with that said, what type of role do you think knowing your past plays in your future self? Does it determine anything? Does it set any obstacles or barriers? Um, How have you been able to accept it?
1: Compared to a lot of other stories that I've read, my past is not been nearly as strenuous or or difficult as some other people's but in terms in for me i think that it has shaped the way that i look at the world in a lot of different ways and there are personal barriers that i've had to overcome in that way in mostly in regards to not assuming the worst about people and assuming that everyone has malintentions and I think that, I mean, I wrote about this in my essay, but I truly, truly believe that the past does not define your future. And that if you, and it's a lot easier said than done, obviously, but if you make little steps every day to try and get where you want to be, then you can. You shouldn't be barred from that. If it's a mental thing, then then it's just the mindset of, like I said, going a little bit at a time Mm-hmm. Um, and just doing your best to get past that
0: how do you how do you practice that mindset do you have a specific uh, routine that you follow every day or for example when you encounter let's say a negative um, experience or emotion mm-hmm. do you d- go through a certain routine of your own that you've developed if so what is what is it
1: mm-hmm I, I have. Um, as, <laughs> as an Asian-American woman in the acting industry, I definitely have encountered <laughs> a lot of experiences that are not quite favorable. I actually recently had one where at a callback I was at, the director asked me if I spoke Chinese. Well, first he asked me where I was from or what I was. And I said American. He's like, no, no, no. But where are you from? And I'm like, OK, uh, China. And he asked if I spoke Chinese. And I said no. And he's like, "Well, you speak very good English. Wow!" And I was just like, "Thanks, like, <laughs> uh, no." <laughs> um, and and it bothered me that that just because I didn't look Caucasian, that he assumed that I didn't speak English. Um, right. <laughs> um, and. And there are a lot of a lot of things like that. That is one of the um not as extreme examples, obviously, but these microaggressions i I think that it's important to surround yourself with a supportive community, which is why I am a strong believer in getting to know other adoptees, looking through the groups and you, those in your local and global communities, and having people that you can talk to about that because when, because I actually told a couple of my friends who were adoptees about that, and they were just like, wow, that's messed up. And it just makes you feel better knowing that you're not the only one experiencing these kinds of things. You're, yep. yeah, exactly. And that's why I really admire the work that you're doing with Overcoming Odds, just because other people can see that they're not alone. We each have our own unique experiences, but we're all bonded together through that kind of community.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think another thing that, um has been important for me is to really allow people to understand that every single story has its own unique um, twist on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people it's unfortunate, but some people truly do think that their story does not matter or it does not play any significance in this world. And you know, ultimately that crushes your self-confidence. So that's it's kind of been um, a commitment of mine Throughout all of this, to accept and listen to every single story, and to help them craft it into something that, in a way, they've never envisioned it being. Mhm. Um. So you've mentioned a lot about you know your acting career. Uh, wh- what is your larger vision or purpose, and um, why are you doing the work you do?
1: I. For me, I really love performance and I love being able to reach people. I love stories. And so in terms of my larger vision or purpose, I think it really is to reach people and inspire people. And that's always been very, very important for me. Um, It's really important for me to give back for others and I don't always understand the point in working so hard and getting ahead of the world if you don't have people to share it with or if you don't have a community. And so um, in terms of my larger vision and purpose, I have a very strong commitment to trying to make a difference. And looking at the big picture is just as important to me as reaching out to individuals. And with my acting, I feel that I'm able to do that, that I'm able to connect to people individually, but also in a larger picture, Be more of a presence for Asian Americans in film and television. That is something that we are wrestling with right now. And seeing yourself represented in our popular culture is so important because it shows people that it can be done. People love to be able to look up to someone. We all have role models, and so it's very important to provide a variety of those and represent all different kinds of ethnicities.
0: Now, you you mentioned a lot about community. Why is it important to you to care for other people?
1: Well, I truly believe that when you connect with other people, you are enriching your own life as well as enriching theirs. And there's just something very, very special about knowing that you're not alone. And it makes life just easier to go through. And it makes life so much better to be connected to those other people who are like you and be able to share in experiences and to share those stories and to see other people's stories and learn more about the world it's so much more gratifying than living in a little bubble of just yourself Mm -hmm. and because i personally i mean (laughs) um and like a lot of other people i think that going out there and experiencing like different cultures for instance or other um other aspects of of this world is what makes life exciting and what makes it worth living.
0: How are you building your community? I'm curious to know that.
1: My community in just in general?
0: Just in general.
1: Um I think I mean I like to I get involved in my community a lot. I both online and going out. I think that the Pacific Miss Asian American pageant really helped me learn how to reach out to people and not be afraid to start conversations with people and to know where to look for finding these groups of like-minded individuals. I was able to learn a lot more about the adopted community, join a lot of the Facebook and social media, other social media groups, and also be able to speak at a lot of different panels and meet people and talk to people afterwards and really engage with people and learn individual stories in that way. And when I'm on set, learning a lot about the different actors, I mean, obviously, we're all networking in different ways, but that is also increasing the community.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned a lot, um, you know, about your purpose. How are how you able to define your purpose? And um, is it truly as simple as making a commitment to anything and following through with it, or is there something else?
1: I think that... Y- In terms of your purpose, it has to be something that is fulfilling to you and something that you truly enjoy. And because I believe that if you love what you do, then you'll never work a day in your life. And so finding your purpose and obviously there will be challenges and you'll not always love it. But if the larger goal is still there and you're still very passionate about it and once you find what you're passionate about, then again, you won't work a day in your life. Um, In terms of making a commitment and following through, I think that it's just much easier if you find that aspect and you learn more about yourself and discover more about your identity. Because the more you learn about yourself, the more you will learn what choices to make to make yourself happy in the long run.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you have any um, questions that people could ask themselves as they are in that... um... Rome of trying to figure out you know who they are what they want to be Uh, what type of questions did you ask yourself when you were trying to define the type of person you wanted to be in the future
1: I know that I in terms of a broader question I was asking myself what is important to me and what do I want to do what do I want to be remembered for and you can also think about what am I good at? Like, what skill set do I have? Or what, even if you don't necessarily have it right now, what skill set do you want to have or would you be willing to work hard for? What is worth waking up in the morning every day and going to work? And and I have a lot of different things that I really love to do, and right now I'm doing, like, all of them at once. <laughs> and um, it's very exhausting, but I love it so much. I love teaching, like... I love acting, I love performing, I love advocacy, and so I, once you pinpoint, and you can, I feel like for me, writing it down always helps, is just like thinking it through, writing it down, <laughs> like I really love interacting with people, I really love performing, I really love um, supporting causes that are important, and so once you have that all, in, once I had that all in front of me, I was like, okay. Um, I can do a lot of these different things and take steps to get to where I want to be
0: So it sounds like based on everything you just said s- Being present within every mm-hmm. one of those moments is very important in building your future. Oh now, Absolutely. W- w- why is that important to you?
1: Being present yep I
0: and how are you I- able to do it?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very much a busy body. And so sometimes I even forget <laughs> that I'm so I'm so future oriented that sometimes I just have to take a second and think, wow, I'm I'm here, I'm doing this and put 100% of myself into what I'm doing right now. And I think it's important to obviously to think about the past and the future, think about how far you've come and how far you want to go. But being present in the moment is so important because that this is the life that you're living this is this is how far you have come and being able to acknowledge that and fully truly experience that is very important and i think that will just make you a happier person and be able to fully participate and engage in what is happening right now mm-hmm
0: Could you talk briefly about your support group? I'm very curious to know as far as how you've selected those people, and um, how does that evolve? You know, when do you decide to, okay, in order for me to go from step A to B, I need these people? What is your criteria for that selection process?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like that word, criteria. Like, I have a list of qualities for my friends. Yeah, check marks. <laughs> yeah, no, but it it is kind of like that subconsciously. we all We all have qualities that we're attracted to in certain people. And I absolutely, 100% love to surround myself with people who challenge me in some way, whether that's intellectually, personally, professionally. In a lot of different areas of my life, there are people who I think are very talented in a certain area or have a quality like this person is very outgoing and comfortable in a group of people. And they're just definitely certain qualities that I'm attracted to in that way. And I think that all of my friends and everyone in my support network is very ambitious, and has the work ethic and the talent and the drive to get and reach their goals. And so being in that kind of environment is very, very important to me because I don't want to ever be too complacent, obviously, be grateful for what is happening right now. But I also want to be pushing myself forward. I'm still young, I'm still trying to make my way in the world and to have a support network of like minded people who are also very ambitious in that way is very helpful for me. And obviously, I, I really admire people who are truly selfless and compassionate, and kind. And I think that empathy is another huge factor in the people that I choose to surround myself with. I find it very attractive when other people care about others um, (laughs) and want to give back and take their experiences and help other people learn from them and to be open to learning from other people's experiences. So I'm very blessed to have a very supportive and loving and hardworking community of people
0: yeah no I completely agree with you I mean being in a group like that it's um, just like you said it's motivating and just encourage you that much more to pursue what you want to do in life and kind of the things you mm-hmm. wake up for every single day
1: yes absolutely and being humble about that too mm-hmm. um, and I, I have so many friends that I look up to in so many ways and it's just so great to be in a room full, of them. obviously that doesn't happen all the time, but to be with people who ground you and keep you from getting too ahead of yourself or to keep you from being too too proud or too thinking too highly of yourself. That yes, you had to work very hard for everything that you have, but you also have a long way to go and you still have a lot to learn. And I think that having a balance of that is really important.
0: So when you do, for example, when you do come across a person that you think might be a great person within, you know, your support network, whether a mentor or someone that you can just bounce back ideas off of, what how, how explain to me that process? How does that happen? You know, what what do you ask yourself as far as okay, this person might be good for X, Y, and Z, or do you just let that relationship naturally evolve? And then you start to ask yourself those questions.
1: I think there's a little bit of both. And in terms of the questions, I always feel like that's a little more subconscious that I don't meet people. And there are people that I will meet and think, oh, wow, I really want to get to know this person better. They're very cool. They're so interesting. And there's a lot that I admire about them. And so obviously, I'm going to want to keep in touch with them and check in on them and see what they're doing and support the work that they're doing as well. Um, to an extent, yes, you have to let it evolve naturally and and get to know the person and um yeah, I don't know, I think that I think that it if it, it's meant to be and if you both hit it off very well, then it will evolve naturally
0: mm hmm mm hmm completely agree with you mm-hmm. um this is a question we ask all of our listeners. um, and guests in, in a situation where odds are completely against you what are some fundamental principles that you always refer to
1: this is a good question I when the odds are stacked against you I think that it's very important to go within yourself and to find the inner confidence because you can't always control everything that's going on around you but you can control how you react to it and what kind of character's characteristics that you hold and value within yourself so you get to decide how you respond to the world and you are special and unique and you have a unique history and unique goals and dreams and even when you are trying to overcome those odds and there there may seem like there aren't enough opportunities or that all of the odds are against you. It's up to you to find that inner confidence, like I said, that inner spark, that inner passion, and then you'll be unstoppable.
0: Wow. (laughs) um, I I couldn't have answered it any better. Thank what you. what's the one thing that you would like our listeners to take away from today's talk?
1: Well, we talked a lot about the past and uh, how you use that to be present and how you can engage with other people and a lot we just talked about a lot of really wonderful things. And I hope that anyone who's listening will know that the past doesn't define you and that you are very capable of finding that inner spark and that inner passion and being able to share that with others. And also I think that's something you brought up about how every story is important and every story needs to be valued. I think that is another very, very important message because we need more stories out there. We need more people to tell their stories and more people to engage with other people's stories. And that's how you create that rich community. And you can gain a lot from that and help other gain- other people gain from your experience as well and all move forward together
0: before you shared your story not necessarily on our site but just for Mm -hmm. the first time ever what were the factors that you were looking for were you looking for other people who have shared theirs were you looking for a specific time in your life when you were ready to do it um i'm just trying to figure out of different ways that people can use some of these factors and then take the next step forward and share theirs.
1: Yes, absolutely. I I've been very fortunate to find um, like overcoming odds or dear adoption and a lot of different communities that are so respectful of other people's experiences because it's hard. It's hard to to feel like you have a story worth telling or feeling that it's valuable because when I mean, I When I was growing up and even in high school and the beginning of college, I didn't even really think too much about my adoption story or the obstacles that I had to overcome to get where I am or thinking that anyone could find any value in my experiences. And I think that once you realize that you have something unique to offer and that you have certain experiences and you don't even have to pinpoint anything specific that someone might take away from it. Um, just sharing your story and knowing that your story is very unique to you and no one has ever experienced anything like that, then you can begin to shape, begin to shape your story and to find the best ways to express it. And there are a lot of wonderful communities that foster that and are very respectful and allow you to remain anonymous if you like, or not you don't have to share everything you just get to you get to decide what you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. and so i'm always very grateful um to see all of the notices on the websites and for the outlets of people sharing their story that it's very respectful and again it's what you're most comfortable with
0: has your definition of adoption changed throughout your life
1: it has to an extent um when I was younger, it was very normal. Um, <laughs> my parents never treated it as if it was something weird or abnormal. Um, and I didn't really get that until like, a lot of outside factors were coming into play. Yes, no, it, I think that it should be more normalized in that. Um, I mean, it's, I think that when it works out, It's very beautiful unfortunately there are a lot of changes in the system that i think need to be made and a lot of parents and just people considering it need to be trained better and understand what goes into it and that there are a lot of different um levels and challenges that can come with adopting and raising an adopted child and i and And I think that my definition of adoption has changed, but now I have a much greater understanding and I still have a lot to learn, but I have a much greater understanding of the process and of my fellow adoptees because I've been reading the stories and I still have a lot to read (laughs) and a lot more people that I want to meet and learn from. Um, But it has gotten richer for me. Like I've said, the more that I've learned about it, um, before it was very simple. It was very individual to my own family. But learning about the different experiences has helped it evolve.
0: What kind of impact do you want to have on other adoptees? I know that you've mentioned a lot about, you know, sharing your own experience and learning from those. Is there something beyond that? Or do you have specific milestones that you want to meet within the next couple of years?
1: I think that at least, I'm not sure if I have any particular milestones. My goals are honestly just to reach as many people as possible and to learn from as many people as possible so that I can be a more informed and passionate and connected advocate for adoption I, or for, for adoptees more so. Um, when I began work with the adoptee rights campaign and learning about that campaign, I wanted to learn more about the people behind it and the people that it was affecting. Because once you can connect with others, we're all on a very human level. We all have a degree of empathy. And I think that when you can hit that with other people and help others who may not have any experience with adoption, understand the people behind it. Because a lot of times when people envision adoption or international adoption specifically, they just think of like, oh, the babies, like they come back and they're in a multicultural family and oh wow, those those parents are so great. They're like, it's it's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And it's hardly, it's never just that. And so I think for me, it's one of my milestones is to make sure that people understand the individual stories behind them, which is why I think that outlets like Dear Adoption and Overcoming Odds for instance, are so important because you really get to see the people.
0: Um, how how can people connect with you? How can how can they follow your work? What is what are the best outlets for that?
1: Um, any form of social media uh, works for me. I'm very active on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and you can just look me up. Um, my name is spelled K I R A O N A N S. So um, I'm, I like to I like to engage with people. I like to talk to people. I love it when people message me and I respond to everyone. Um, so I that's my favorite part of doing this kind of thing is getting to know people.
0: That's awesome. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our weekly newsletter on our website so you can receive all of our latest episodes along with featured stand-up and speak-up stories and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Before we end today's episode, I'm curious to know, how were you able to define your purpose? Feel free to share your answers by tagging us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Overcoming Odds.